eat the cocoa fruit of the cocoa tree from the coconut family. My name's Emma, and you're listening to the Socially Awkward Podcast. On today's episode, we have Bronwyn. I've known her for about a year, and she's fairly new to the homeschool scene. She's an absolutely insane musician. I mean, she plays eight instruments. She's pretty much the whole band, and she's here to tell us about her homeschooling journey. Just before we get into today's episode, I want to give a little disclaimer and say that we will be talking about mental health and struggles. So just to put it out there in case anyone's going through a hard time and it's triggering for them, this might not be the episode for you. But... Hi, Bronwyn. Welcome to the show. We're so glad to have you. Thank you so much for having me here, Emma. I'm so excited to, you know, be able to share my journey with everybody. Mm, Definitely. So we're just going to jump right in and kind of get to know you a little bit. So how long have you been homeschooled? So at this point, I've been homeschooling for about one and a half to two years. And I started last year in January. Mm, Okay. Do you want to tell us a little bit about the curriculum you're doing? So as of right now, I'm doing the IGCSE curriculum and I've been splitting up my exams so I can take them like bit by bit. So I'm doing chemistry, biology, physics, English, math and geography. That's actually really smart rather than just whacking it all of the exams at once. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So why did you start homeschooling? Before I started homeschooling, when I was in a school, um, things got really stressful for me Mm -hmm. and Mid-2017, I started to notice a decline in my mental health and I started to have a lot more anxiety and, you know, there were days when I just have panic attacks or, you know, I started to like find myself losing interest in the things that I liked and Mm -hmm. I lost taste in almost everything and in school I noticed that I wouldn't be able to concentrate and Mm -hmm. I would start to distance myself from friends and there were times when I would just find myself like beginning to break down and, you know, have um, like panic attacks in the middle of like the hallway. Mm. And at this point in time, I didn't really know what was going on. And I was starting to get really angry at myself because I was like, why, why is this going? Why is this happening? I'm not asking for any of this and it's Mm -hmm. happening. And why am I suddenly getting so, you know, worried about everything? Mm -hmm. So I started to, you know, fall down the path of, self-harm and fall down the path of self-loathing and stuff and I was keeping everything to myself because I didn't really know what to do about it I was scared that if I told anyone else they would you know tell on me or tell my mom or tell my teachers or something and that would be completely bad for the rest of my schooling so I decided to speak to my school counselor Mm -hmm. and I think that was probably one of my best decisions of 2017 and Mm -hmm. You know, she was the biggest help in school. Like mm-hmm. whenever whenever I was feeling down or whenever I was feeling really nervous, I could always just hop into her office and mm-hmm. speak to her about something. So my counselor would always just be the person that was there for me whenever I was feeling down. And so that was something that really meant a lot to me. But at that point in time, I still couldn't tell anyone about what was going on because I myself didn't understand and I didn't understand why I was always feeling so down and I didn't understand why I felt like I was having this constant drag on myself like you know I was carrying a ton of bricks and my heart was beginning to physically feel like it was weighing itself down Mm -hmm. so I would there were days when I would just like not even be able to leave my bed because of how stressed and how upset I would feel Mm -hmm. so it got to the point where 
I began to take things out of myself and that's when like self-harm and such mm-hmm. began and I would wear jackets to school so that, you know, people wouldn't see. But eventually, like, my friends started to, you know, become suspicious because during PE, when I had to take off my jacket, there were times when, you know, they saw, like, the cuts and stuff. So that's when, you know, they decided to talk to me. And I think that's kind of when I started to crumble because once I was able to, like, let it all out, that's when I realized, like, crap, I'm in such a mess. So... Things got worse and, you know, I was speaking to my counselor and I was starting to have like thoughts of suicide and stuff. And mm-hmm. that was when my counselor decided to speak to my parents about it. Mm-hmm. And that's when I got, you know, diagnosed and went to see a psychiatrist and got a medication. So at that point, I thought I was it was going to be OK. And, you know, by now this is like 2018 and I'm mm-hmm. starting my second year of high school. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the first couple of weeks went well. I was thinking, you know what, this is this is like a chance to kind of. Um, get back on track with myself and I you know I was seeing a therapist to try and mm-hmm. deal with myself but you know one sometimes like in high school one thing would lead to another like I'd mm-hmm. miss a class or I'd have a falling out with my friends and then from there I would just push myself into like a deep hole and mm-hmm. you know I would blame myself for everything that happened and like the anxiety attacks just happened a lot more often and I'd be cutting myself a lot more and then um, it came to the point where I would miss a lot of school. Like I like there were certain weeks where I'd miss maybe three to four days of school a week because of um, anxiety attacks and mm-hmm. panic attacks, and just I just couldn't bring myself to go to school. But I didn't know how to explain this to my mother. Mm-hmm. And you know, to some people it might look like, um, oh, she's just she's just skipping school or she's just skipping class because she doesn't want to be there or something. Mm-hmm. But really, it was it just felt awful because I just couldn't bring myself to be at school like I would just break down in the car before school or I'd break down like in class or something and Mm -hmm. it would physically hurt like I would feel a physical pain in my chest and this got really really bad and I I would always have to go to the nurse but you know there's only so many times you can go to the nurse before she might think that's a little suspicious or something and obviously I didn't know how to explain to her like oh this is like, you know, it's like an anxiety attack, it's a panic mm-hmm. attack, you know. Mm-hmm. So, and every time I'd miss school, I would also miss out all the work that was given to me. Yeah. So once I got back on track at school, all the work started to pile back up on me. And mm-hmm. for someone who was barely coping with my mental health, having like three months of work pushed back onto mm. you was really, really not helping. Mm. So it came to like the point, like further towards the end of 2018, where my parents figured that, you know, it would probably be best if I took some time off school and start homeschooling so that I could go at my own pace and kind of focus on my own self. Mm. So that's what they thought was better. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing. Through all of this, like, do you feel like there was anything that you found real comfort in? Mm. Well... Previously, things that I found comfort in when I was in school were things like, you know, just being able to spend time with my friends and, you know, going home and sleeping. But I've I realized that actually music was something that I could mm. really find comfort in. And I, I found that out when I would just start, 
you know, jamming on my own, just putting in earphones and like playing the drums or playing the guitar or the piano mm-hmm. to the song that I was listening to. Because I've, I I grew up as like a, you know, tr- like a classical, classical mm-hmm. musician, you know, like I took up piano and violin when I was younger, but I never really, you know, got into like the pop or contemporary type stuff until mm-hmm. recently. So I never really knew how how comforting music was to me until, you know, in high school, I just started, you know, listening to songs and, you know, playing along with it. Mm -hmm. And that's when I realized that it's actually like such a distraction from what's going on. And it's so, it's so, it's so comforting because it's something I know I can fall back on. And it's like, whenever I'm in the zone, you know, Mm -hmm. playing my heart out, I'm like, you know, letting go of all like the bricks that I'm carrying on my back. And, you know, my heart is no longer being dragged down just for that point in time Mm. that's something that really comforts me Mm. how did you get into the more contemporary kind of style of music that you found so much comfort in so when I was in school we had these music like jamming rooms music practice rooms and in there there were like you know like drums and piano and like guitars that you could just borrow so like most days after school or during lunch I would go in there and you know, that's when I decided to try out the drums and I taught myself how to play and I listened to a lot of like, you know, rock and a lot of pop. And that's when I realized, oh crap, this is so fun. (laughs) Like I really, really enjoyed it. So Mm -hmm. I started to pick up the guitar. I started to learn and that's when I realized like, wow, this stuff is good. And, Mm. you know, that's like, I kind of taught myself how to play the guitar and the drums and, Mm. you know, play the piano well I mean I knew how to play the piano but that's when I started to move away from the classical and kind of move into the more pop stuff because that's something that I found really really fun. So you mentioned earlier on that spending time with your friends was something you found a lot of comfort in and as homeschoolers a lot of what people struggle with initially are finding friends so how was that for you? So I think initially once I left school it was really really difficult because I've been homeschooling since 2019, but I only got in touch with the homeschoolers this year. Mm. So for a year, I was kind of wandering around, like trying to find myself and find a place somewhere. So when I first started homeschooling, you know, I I left school with like the idea that, oh, I'd still be, you know, best friends with like the clique that I had in school. Mm. But, you know, I was I, I, you know, I I, at the back of my mind, I kind of knew that that wasn't going to happen because, you know, once I left school, I kind of figured that all my friends would have to move on and I Mm. couldn't keep clinging on to it, even though that's what I tried to do. So um, the first couple months of 2019 were probably the most difficult because that's when I realized that all my school friends had their own lives and had their own friends. And once I realized that I would have to go every day without waking up and seeing them, that's when it kind of put me in a panic because I've, I'm a very social person and I need Mm. like, Mm -hmm. you know, social interactions to live off of. So I was like in this really crazy, like kind of panicked state for the first couple months of 2019 because mm-hmm. I didn't have a group of friends. I did have like a couple of friends from from school that would still stick around and, you know, talk to me occasionally. But it wasn't the same. Like mm-hmm. I, I wasn't used to waking up every day and, you know, going outside to my study room and mm-hmm. like having no one there and, you know, just mm-hmm. doing my work yeah. on my own. So I tried so hard to find somewhere to fit in, mm-hmm. like I like, you know, was trying to hop around from groups of friends and, you know, 
I was I got mixed in like into bad company and I also got like mixed into like other groups of friends that were a little bit toxic and you know it was just a lot of me trying to find somewhere to belong because at that time that's really what I needed Mm -hmm. and it was so difficult to find that but eventually I found like a group of friends in a theater group that I joined Mm -hmm. and I think that was probably like the biggest comfort to me like that year Mm -hmm. because I was so lonely you know I I didn't know who to reach out to like I wasn't Mm -hmm. in touch with the with the homeschool scene Mm -hmm. so you know we I had this theater group for like maybe six ish months but Mm -hmm. You know, after that still, after a big performance when, you know, all the rehearsals stopped, it went back to dead silence. It went to, you know, just being lonely and having no one there. Mm. So I think what I tried to do was just cling on to all the friends that I had, you know, even though I didn't have many. And that was probably like the part that messed it up the most. And it was that I still held on to the hope that, you know, Mm. my school friends were still there to kind of care about me. But I'm glad that along the way in 2019, I met lots of like friends from different places that, you know, I'm still good friends with. Mm. And eventually this year I got in touch with like the homeschool group here. Mm -hmm. So um, that's probably like the most meaningful thing that's happened to me this year as well. Just meeting them. Yeah. So initially, what was getting to know the homeschooling community like? So initially, I wasn't sure what it was going to be like. Like, I was really nervous to meet them all mm-hmm. because I wasn't sure whether they were going to be, like, you know, nice or <laughs> weird. Or, I wouldn't say weird. Maybe, like, a little bit awkward. <laughs> like, like um, you know, I just thought that I wouldn't fit in because, mm-hmm. you know, I'm sure some of them was would have been homeschooling for, like, quite some time. And, mm. you know, me, like a new homeschooler, I was scared I, was, like, I wasn't going to fit in. But when I first met them, they were, like, the sweetest, most supportive people that I ever met. I know you guys are watching this. Hi, love you. <laughs> but they were, they were very, very supportive towards you know like my background and towards mm-hmm. like you know where I came from, and they're they're just there for me, and mm-hmm. it felt so good to like know that there were other homeschoolers around Mm -hmm. because before I only knew you and you were the only homeschooler that I knew previously Mm -hmm. but you know after I found out that there's so many like other people who have such strange like waking up and studying (laughs) schedules it is it was a whole new world like I was like wow there are other people here that homeschool that's 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 kind of (laughs) it's kind of interesting and it felt it felt a little bit good to know that I had finally found like my place and then Mm. that's when like my sense of belonging had kind of been like fulfilled Mm. so that was nice so do you still keep in touch with your school friends like even after making your homeschool friends and yeah yep there are still quite a few that I'm in touch with and there are a couple that have stuck by me since I started homeschooling and there are a couple who I you know go out with lunch with from time to time Mm -hmm. and I do text some of my old school friends just to, you know, check up on them, see how they've been doing. And, you know, we have like the occasional small talk and stuff, but there are still quite a few that I'm in touch with. That's nice. really nice. You say you're a very social person. So how did Circuit Breaker affect your mental health? So the Circuit Breaker actually hit me pretty hard for the first like couple of weeks that it happened. Previously, like the year before, I wasn't really going out much. And this year, once I met the homeschool people, I was going out like almost every day, you know, I mm-hmm. was like living my life and I was going out maybe like four to five times a week. And, 
you know, that was something that really kept me going and something that gave mm-hmm. me like a lot of happiness. So once the circuit breaker started and once I realized that like I couldn't see my friends in person, I went back down into that dip mm. that I had at the start of 2019 when I started homeschooling. Because even though I have I had friends now, mm-hmm. it still felt so lonely because I knew I couldn't see them in person. And that was something that hit me really hard. And for the first two weeks of circuit breaker, I just kept myself in my room and I just listened to music and I didn't even want to go outside and I lost my appetite because I was like, how long is this going to be for? Like, So a couple of my friends decided to make a Discord group and that's where you know, we spent most of our time calling. Mm-hmm. And during the circuit breaker, like, I was on the phone with my group of homeschool friends almost every day mm-hmm. and we were just playing games and keeping each other company. And I think that's something that really kept me going through the circuit breaker just Mm. knowing that people were there for me even though I couldn't see them in person Mm. so you say that your mental health kind of took a dip to back where it was in 2019 do you feel like you've gotten better at identifying your ups and downs in a sense yes I think I definitely have in the last year maybe but that's been with a lot of like therapy and with a lot of like Mm self-control because before I would just start thinking irrationally and I would just think that, you know, like, like taking it out of myself was the easiest way out. Mm -hmm. And it's definitely not been easy, but I've finally been able to kind of catch myself in those dips and been able to tell myself to just breathe and kind of take a step back instead of acting like rationally on myself. Mm. So when you feel yourself kind of going down that path again, what do you do? So the first thing I think I usually do is like log off everything and just put on some music and just listen to it. And if I need to cry, you know, I'll cry. But usually I just want to take time to just zone out and think on myself first. So usually, you know, I'll just listen to music. Sometimes I could be just lying there for like two hours. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I would probably tell someone like tell a close friend or Mm -hmm. tell my mom or like tell my therapist or something and then after that you know I would just try and like just breathe and try and tell myself to think and you know think things through Mm -hmm. because before it would just be like I listened to you know music for like five minutes and then I would just go completely go ham on myself and like Mm -hmm. I'd start you know cutting I'd start crying I'd start Mm -hmm. like punching walls and stuff and Mm. You know, that that was something that I realized wasn't good for myself because I had regrets about it afterwards. Mm. So the most important thing I realized was that I had to think things through and, you know, think about the situation. And I think that's something that I've become a lot better at was Mm. just being able to identify what was going on and, Mm. you know, take a breather and like, you know, take like a chill pill and just Mm. stop for a second and realize that everything was going to be okay in Mm. the end. So do you feel like putting a name to the things that are happening to you has really helped in a sense? I think so, yeah. Because it's definitely helped me to identify and figure out what's going on. Mm -hmm. And it's definitely stopped me from acting, you know, stupidly and doing Mm -hmm. stupid things that would probably, you know, hurt me. Mm. Yeah. You've talked a lot about going to therapy and your therapist in this episode and I feel like there is still a huge stigma about therapy. At least locally, I've heard from some people, they're like, oh, does it really help? What is it actually for? So how do you feel your 
therapist has helped you? I think therapy was something that I was very hesitant on when I first, you know, had to start seeing like uh, my actual therapist mm-hmm. because I wasn't sure whether it would actually help me. But I realized that therapy has been probably one of the most useful things because my therapist has taught me ways to deal with myself and she's been someone that I could talk to when I had like no one else to talk to or when I was scared to speak to my parents or friends or Mm -hmm. teachers or whatever and my therapist is just someone that I know I can trust and like she is someone that can actually help me through my problems and help me think for myself when like I'm not able to think straight so I think therapy is really really useful because it's just someone who's there to listen to you and Mm. provide help for your problems Mm. How do you think we can destigmatize talking about mental health or going to therapy or getting help? I think uh, it's important to kind of educate not only the youth here, but educate like the parents and, mm, you know, yeah. the older generations about what mental health, you know, really is about. Because I know that the youth here are pretty, you know, well-versed. It's something that's talked about a lot. But I think what stops children from reaching out is the fear that their parents might you know, not approve or their parents Mm. might be upset about it. So I think, you know, we need to make sure that, you know, parents understand a little bit more about, you know, mental health and use and, you know, understand that it's okay for whatever their child is Mm. going through and it's okay for them to reach out and get help. And likewise, the child, like children should know that it's okay to kind of, you know, not be okay. Mm. And, you know, there are people who will definitely listen and support them. And, you know, it's... It's health. It's more healthy to tell someone about it than to bottle it up. Mm. Yeah. And I think for parents especially, it can be really difficult to hear that your kid's going through issues because I know sometimes it's like a, where did I go wrong as a parent? But sometimes, yeah. you know, it's not about, it's not something you can control. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure a lot of, a lot of kids will be afraid to, you know, tell their yeah. parents because like as a parent, you know, if my kid came up to me and told me like, like, you know, like, hey, mom, feeling sad, you know, kind of want to die or something like Mm -hmm. as a parent, like I'd be really worried. And I know that I just want to be there for my child. But I'm sure, you know, for most parents who've, you know, grown up in like a traditional household, like that's not something that they would be they would expect to hear or something. So, you know, I think it's important that parents just, you know, know what to do and Mm -hmm. know to just support their child. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. How do you think, kind of following this vein, how do you think we can support friends or family who are going through a hard time now? I think the most we can do is just be there for them and assure them that we are there to, you know, you know be, be a shoulder to cry on or just mm-hmm. be there to provide a listening ear. Mm-hmm. And I think they should know that they are not alone mm. and everything will be okay in the end mm. and even though the journey might, might be a little bit tough that once they fight through it mm. it will be something that is completely worth it and I think they just need to remember that as a friend or as a family mm-hmm. we will be there to you know fight alongside them in their mm. journey and yeah. be there to just hold their hand through it mm. 
Thank you so much, Bronwyn, for being open and honest and sharing your story with us. It's so important that we talk about how we can be not just physically, but also mentally and emotionally healthy. There is, like Bronwyn said, nothing wrong with seeing a therapist and talking about your problems with someone. Just like getting a body checkup once in a while, we need to check on our mental health too. Because, you know, as they say, everything comes from within and we wouldn't really be able to live a truly healthy life if the within is not healthy. (laughs) Um, October the 10th is World Mental Health Day and I urge you to read up more on how you can help yourself and others. I cannot stress enough how important it is to take care of your mental and emotional well-being. You are not weak because you feel emotions. And even if you are going through a hard time now, like Ronwin said, really know that you're not alone. There is light at the end of the tunnel. Take things one day at a time and remember that help is available. Bronwyn, any final words? Yeah, just thank you so, so much to the Socially Awkward Podcast for having me here. And thank you for giving me a platform to share, you know, this journey that I've been along because there have been a lot of ups and downs. But I'm grateful that I'm still here and I'm grateful that I've kind of, you know, found a purpose for living. Mm -hmm. And I hope that, you know, I can help other people and I hope that, you know, if there's anyone going through anything, that they know that they are not alone and that Mm. they can get through this. Mm. Thank you so much. And that's a wrap on today's episode of the Socially Awkward Podcast. We release new episodes on the first Saturday of each month on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube. If you like today's episode, subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us on Instagram at the.sociallyawkwardpodcast. See you next time.